Houses are something that are a basic part of human society. Whether you own your own home or whether you rent a place or you're staying with a family member or friend, we need shelter to survive. And one of the ways that we have shelter is by building houses. The company that we're going to talk today about on Stock Stories is a home builder called NVR Inc. We're going to be talking about the history of the business, the business model itself, understand how it functions, and then we're going to be digging into the financials to understand if this might be a potentially good investment for us as individual investors. Hey there, my name is Alex Mason. If this is your first time here, welcome to Stock Stories. This is the podcast where we talk about the business behind the stock and we're covering the entire S&P 500. We're going through every component one by one. We've gone over 144 companies so far in the history of this show. So I'm really excited to get into today's company. Let's go ahead and start talking about NVR. Our story today starts in the 1940s with a man named Edward Ryan. Now, Edward Ryan was in the military. He served the United States during World War II, and he ended up getting injured, but survived, was awarded the Purple Heart, and he came back home. Now, as so many soldiers did in this post-war boom era of American history, he got married, started having kids, and wanted to build a house for his family. So he actually had the skills of a carpenter, so he went ahead and built his own house. The house was so good, in fact, that a builder actually approached him and offered to buy it from him. And this gave Edward an idea. Why don't I just build houses for other people? I can make money doing that because I have the skills. I have the proof that people actually want the product that I'm creating. So that's how he started his home building business. By 1961, Edward Ryan had incorporated his own business called Ryan Homes. And this was in the Pittsburgh area. Now, Ryan Homes ended up becoming very successful. They expanded beyond just the Pittsburgh area and over the decades moved into other states like Indiana, Ohio, and Kentucky. Now, along the way, there was a young man named Dwight Shar, and he rose up to become one of Ryan Holmes' biggest vice presidents. And he was very successful, but he decided he wanted to do something different instead of working for Ryan. So he went out and started his own company called NV Homes in 1980. Now, by 1983, NV Homes, too, had become very successful, making a million dollars in profits. Profits kept doubling every year. So by the time 1986 rolled around, they had over $14 million in profits and NV Homes went public. Now, Shar was very successful and he decided, you know what? I remember Ryan Homes. Why don't I go buy the business I used to work for? So he ended up acquiring Ryan Homes shortly thereafter and they became one big company called NVH Homes. The 1980s were an incredible decade for home builders and NVH participated in that explosion of profit growth. Homes were being built left and right. By 1988, the business was making $33 million in profits. Now, think about this. In 1983, they were making just a million dollars in profits. So this is huge growth. They actually had an over 100% compound annual growth rate over about a five-year period. And between the years of 1986 and 1988, they actually had a comp compound annual growth rate of over 50%. So this is incredible growth all around for the company. Things started changing in the story around the late 1980s, early 1990s. The US economy started faltering and demand for homes all of a sudden started plummeting. And this really hurt NVH. 
Now, not only did demand plummet, but the tax regulations in the United States changed to not be quite as favorable toward partnerships uh, like those that were structured like NVA. So they weren't getting as many tax breaks as they used to. So these two factors ended up really impacting both revenue and profits for the business. To give you a sense of just how catastrophic this period was for NVH and the home building industry in general, in 1988, the revenue for this business was $1.15 billion. So very robust. Two years later, in 1990, revenue had dropped to just $900 million. So modest decline, right? But then in 1991, revenue declined even further to just $600 million. So that's an over 50% decline in just a three-year period. So NVH really got hammered here in terms of revenue. Now, management tried to right the ship. They closed off some manufacturing plants. They tried to streamline the business by doing some restructuring and not doing as much speculating with land deals like they had done historically. Ultimately, though, it just wasn't quite enough because in 1992, the company filed for bankruptcy. Now, the next logical question you may be asking is, Alex, well, if the company went bankrupt, then why are we even talking about it today? How does the business still exist if it went bankrupt over 30 years ago, back in 1992? The answer, chapter 11. And no, I'm not talking about the latest novel here. When I say chapter 11, I'm talking about a form of bankruptcy. You see, bankruptcies in the United States can be structured in different ways, and they're called chapters, quote unquote. You have chapter 11, chapter 13, chapter 7. There's all these different sections of the bankruptcy code that have different regulations that determine what happens when a business fails. In this case, NVH went through a process called chapter 11. And under that process of restructuring, the bondholders or the creditors that this company owed money to were able to help basically keep NVH in business by trading their debt for equity. So they actually got 80% of the common stock in NVH, and then there was a court-approved plan that restructured the finances. Now, in general, the business made a decent recovery throughout the 1990s, and by the early 2000s, they were the sixth largest builder in the nation. By 2001, the business had made $2.6 billion in revenue. Fast forward two years to 2003, they were making $3.7 billion in revenue. So it seemed like a pretty robust recovery. By 2006, the company was making $6 billion in revenue and things were looking great. But then what happened? You know what happened. 2007, 2008, great recession happened, right? And who did it affect very strongly? Home builders. Yes. So NVH was no exception. By 2009, revenue fell all the way back down to the $2.5 billion level. So it's kind of like this roller coaster going up and down throughout history, the cycles of booms and recessions continuing again and again. But the interesting thing is NBH was a little bit smarter this time. They paid off a lot of their debt during this period, and they actually remained profitable throughout the 2008-2009 recession, which I find pretty impressive, especially for a home builder that experiences a 58% decline in revenue over a three-year period. Now, I know that management was getting wiser around this time because I can look at the historical financial statements and see the numbers. In 2006, the business had over 350 million dollars in notes and loans payable, which is basically debt. By 2010, they had reduced that number to just over $90 million in loans and notes payable. So management really was becoming more conservative, strengthening their balance sheet, 
in order to weather the storm and remain profitable, which I think is admirable. Let's talk about the business now as it exists today. What does NVR do and how do they make money? Well, they're still very much a home builder and they have two sides of their business. They have home building services and then they have a mortgage arm. Now, home building, pretty straightforward. Customers come in, they say, hey, I want to build a brand new house. Can you build it for me? And they say, yes, we can. They build the house, they get paid. That's basically the business model there. The other part of the business, the mortgage business, actually includes things in addition to just mortgage origination. So things like settlement services, title services, things related to the home buying process that are necessary, kind of all those miscellaneous things that you do when you buy a house, they also operate that kind of a business. So those two portions of the business combined make up NVR's business today. The brands that they operate today are Ryan Homes, Envy Homes, and Heartland Homes. And they typically cater toward affluent buyers or middle-class buyers. One risk to think about with this business is geographic concentration. Actually, the DC metro area accounts for about 21% of their revenue. So that would be something to watch. Okay, let's go ahead and talk now about the financials, dig into the statements a little bit to see what we can learn about the economics of this business. So I'm here now at NVR's website, their investor relations website, and I'm just gonna go down to annual reports and we'll take a quick peek at the latest annual report, fiscal year 2022. And what I'm gonna do is go to the financial statements really quickly here. Okay, so NVR Inc. I wanna first look at the income statement before anything else. So you can see here what the revenues look like. They hit an all-time high this past year of over $10 billion. You can see they've been increasing steadily since the pandemic. $7 billion in 2020, $8.7 billion in 2021, over $10 billion recently. So revenues have been going up a lot. The demand for housing in America has been incredibly strong. I'm interested to see how things change now that interest rates are a little bit higher to see if that really impacts revenues and these companies' top lines or not. But that remains to be seen a little bit. And then their home building income has gone up very nicely over the past few years, over double what it was two years ago. Uh, on the banking side of the business, things have been like, meh, like, all right, their mortgage banking fees, pretty steady around $200 million. It's not a huge portion of the business. And they make around $120 million in income from that. So that's not a huge factor. The bread and butter of this business really is home building. Uh, going on to the net income, we can see that they've been pretty profitable. Earnings per share is going up like crazy. Uh, and also their shares outstanding have been going down as well. So income nearly doubled from 2020 to 2022. So that's really nice. We see that this is truly a cyclical business. When the times are bad, they're really bad. And when the times are good, they're really good. And we're in a good season right now for NVR. Let's take a look at the balance sheet right now. Now we see that their business overall, they have some senior notes. I mean, it's not a huge amount. It's less than a billion dollars in debt uh, overall. So really not too bad, but overall liabilities are still in the couple billion dollar range. Um, and then as far as looking at the rest of the financial statements, I really want to turn your attention here to the cash flow statement because there's some interesting things here. Now, first of all, I want to point out cash flow from operating activities has pretty much mirrored the growth in net income. So 
they've doubled their cash flow over the past couple of years, which is incredible. Again, really great boom period for them. Going down to investing activities, there's really not a whole lot of investing activities that this business does. You can see they put maybe tens of millions of dollars into buying properties, which is not huge in the grand scheme of things for a business of this size. But interesting part here, cash flows from financing activities. This is the part of the business where companies might pay dividends or where you'll see the debt, uh, debt related transactions. One thing I notice here, purchase of treasury stock. This is share buybacks. So we see a couple years ago, they bought $370 million worth of stock. 2021, they bought $1.5 billion. And 2022, they bought another $1.5 billion. So they've been consistently reducing the share count of the shares that are out there, which is great for shareholders. And I won't do the calculation now for you, but I did do a calculation earlier in my research, and they've been reducing the share count by about 3.7% annually per year. Now, this is a great return of cash to shareholders, I think, because the company doesn't pay a dividend, and they also never split their shares. So the stock price has been going up, earnings per share has been going up. Um, and so I think shareholders ultimately served very well there. Okay, so let me put this thing back together again. We've looked a little bit at the financials, the history of the business model. One thing I want to point out is I looked at the past decade. The company has grown their net income by 25% annually over the past decade, which is very fast for a mature business. And I think that's just reflecting the low interest rate environment, the hunger, the appetite for homes that Americans have. And that's really good for the business's bottom line and top line. Over the past two decades, I wanted to look at a longer period of time that includes the Great Recession, that includes the pandemic, to see how this business's long-term earnings power has played out. And the long-term growth rate of its net income has been closer to about 8.5% annual growth, which is still pretty solid, I think. So high single-digit growth over a very long period of time. The company doesn't pay a dividend, so no returns there. But I do think that with share buybacks being reduced by at an almost 4% rate annually, if you combine that with a long-term growth rate of about 8 to 10%, I think you're looking at returns somewhere in the 9 to 12% range for the stock going forward. Now, you're going to have to probably endure a lot of major crashes in the home market uh, if you choose to hold this stock. The company seems well positioned with its balance sheet. They seem to be very strong in their geographic region where they operate. So yeah, I like this home builder. I like it a lot. Price to earnings ratio is 10 times earnings, which I think is misleadingly low because earnings are at record highs, highs right now. So don't fall into the peak earnings trap with this stock thinking that the PE is super cheap. The earnings could go down depending on how interest rates rising impacts home buyers' appetite to purchase properties. If we see demand slow significantly, that's really going to hurt NBR. And I think the time to buy this stock, if I was going to buy this stock, would be during a major housing crash <laughs> because the business is simply so cyclical that buying it in good times, you're, you're basically just asking for low stock returns when that day comes and that day is going to come because this is a cyclical industry and that's kind of the game you're playing if you're buying stocks in this industry so those are my thoughts on nbr i would love to know what you think so if you're watching this drop a comment on youtube 
if you're listening to it on the podcast, send me an email, alex at stockstoriespodcast.com. I also want to give a quick shout out to Jack. Jack, thank you for your email recommending that I study this company in the first place. So hope you enjoy the episode and I appreciate the email conversation. Hope you and your family are doing well. With that, thank you so much and I will see you on the next one. Take care. Bye. Have a great day. Bye.